And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines in simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Tuesday. It's kind of a gloomy start to the day. It's drizzling I know. outside. Dreary and dark and gray. And <laughs> I don't know, but over this. the weekend, we got a little bit of downpour and the air was yeah. clean for a fleeting moment, and I appreciate yeah. it. So maybe tomorrow will be better. <laughs> yeah, the temperatures are kind of up and down, aren't they? Like really warm, <laughs> and then suddenly it's getting a bit chilly and raining and all that bad you stuff. Know, what's, what's funny to me <laughs> is that usually we take out our frustrations on weather, and we, we seem to yeah. do it daily, you and I, Adam. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, weather plays a bit big part in your yeah, mood yeah, for the yeah. day especially with early risers like you and i, I, I mean, you know. chicken or the egg which came first because i mean even with the perfect <laughs> conditions i'm not quite sure if we'd be pleased but anyway that is true thank but you for joining us excuses, nonetheless <laughs> <laughs> we provide our listeners with an appropriate excuse to uh, let's jump into qr news today uh, we're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for our local listeners this is our first pick of the day don't drill so South Korea, the United States, and Japan have kicked off a trilateral missile defense exercise in the East Sea to improve responses to North Korean threats. What's the latest on the drills? Right. So the three countries agreed last week, in fact, to conduct regular missile defense and anti-submarine exercises during their uh, defense trilateral talks last week in Washington. This came amid increased missile provocations from the North and the uh, quality of missiles that the North has been firing recently, including the solid uh, fuel ICBM, uh, or what's believed to be a new solid fuel ICBM, uh, which was the latest provocation by North Korea. Now, yesterday's exercise included the Yurugogi uh, from South Korea, the USS Benfold from the United States, and the JS Atago from Japan, all of which are equipped with the Aegis Combat System. Now, Aegis is an advanced comma, uh, command and control system that uses powerful radar and computers uh, to track and guide weapons to moving enemy targets. During the exercise, the three countries practice detecting and tracking a computer-simulated ballistic missile, as well as sharing information. Uh, the last joint anti-missile exercise by the three countries took place uh, in February, so not that long ago. So it goes to show that... Mm. Uh, these exercises and drills are becoming more frequent. Uh, meanwhile, the South Korean Air Force said it began large-scale joint Air Force drills with the United States. Uh, it's called the Korea Flying Training, or KFT, drills, and it involves 110 aircraft and more than 1,400 troops, and it occurs over a 12-day period at Gwangju Air Base, and over 60 South Korean military aircraft will be involved in the drills, while the United States will deploy over 40 aircraft. Uh, the South Korean Air Force said the Allies aim to enhance the interoperability and combined operational capability of their advanced fighters um, through the exercise. So more provocations from mm. North Korea, more military drills or joint drills uh, by South Korea and the U.S. and also Japan. Okay, let's also talk about the Seoul Tokyo sit-down. South Korea and Japan also held a joint meeting of senior diplomats and defense officials in Seoul for the first time in five years. So what came out of this meeting, Adam? Right, so this is the so-called 2 plus 2 uh, meetings. It follows President Yoon and uh, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida's bilateral summit last month in Tokyo, where they agreed to work toward normalizing relations. Uh, Monday's meeting, the 12th of its kind overall, took place at the Foreign Ministry building uh, in central Seoul. The Foreign Ministry said 
The two sides exchanged wide-ranging in-depth views on the Northeast Asian security environment, including the North Korean nuclear issue, as well as the current status of cooperation on foreign and defense policies between the two countries. And they also discussed broader bilateral and trilateral cooperation with the United States. And they also agreed to foster future-oriented cooperation in security. Mm. Uh, both sides could also have uh, further discussed the recent normalization of JASOMIA, the Intel Sharing Pact, and ways to uh, further cooperate on information sharing as well. Mm. All right, we'll leave it there so we can move on to our second keyword of the day. War policy. So the top office is set to have begun revising South Korea's war contingency guideline to better deal with North Korea's threats. If we take uh, put together the past indications from the UN administration, it will be a stark contrast from the previous governments. Can you tell us more? Right, so nothing is confirmed yet. These are mm. just reports uh, coming out from Yonap, which has cited uh, informed sources, uh, according to them. The National War Guidance Guideline is apparently being revised to better uh, deter North Korean missiles and nuclear weapons. It's a sub-document of the UN administration's national security strategy. Uh, Yonab also reported, citing a separate presidential office official, uh, that the government plans to publish the new guideline that reflects the national security strategy of the current uh, administration. Uh, the official said national security strategies have been published at the start of each new government since the Normion administration from 2004, uh, the latest report appears to be Yoon's move to undo, basically, the war contingency guideline that was put in place under the previous uh, Moon Jae-in administration, an mm. administration that was more friendly uh, toward relations with North Korea. Now, the revised guideline mm. is expected uh, to be released by the government soon. Uh, nothing, uh, no details on that out yet, but uh, they are apparently going to be released on the government's website and could be made, uh, an announcement could be made also, but we'll have to see. All right, wait and see. Uh, let's turn our attention to the Inflation Reduction Act. This is our third keyword of the day. IRA fallout. So the IRA is America's answer to global call for action on the climate crisis. It was designed to reduce U.S. emissions of greenhouse gases by 40% by the year 2030. But of course, for its trading partners, uh, undesirable ripple effects. So the Treasury Department has released a list of EVs and hybrid vehicles that will be eligible for tax credits in which Korean cars, as expected, have been excluded. Yeah, so pretty much bad news for the likes of mm. uh, Hyundai and Kia and other uh, Korean car makers. So now, the changes are part, as you said, of the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, among the vehicles that no longer qualify in this uh, tax credit list is namely the Genesis GV70 electrified SUV. This is a blow to Hyundai, uh, which uh, owns Genesis, uh, which saw the car uh, on prior lists. So basically, it's been taken off a list uh, that was eligible uh, for tax credits. No cars from Kia, uh, the sister company, are mm. also on the list as well. Uh, now, interestingly, the other cars are on the cut list, basically, that were on the list and no longer are, uh, are basically a few BMWs, the Nissan Leaf, uh, Rivian's, which is a new kind of EV brand, a Volkswagen ID4, 
uh, and Volvo S60 plug-in hybrid, basically all foreign car brands. Now, in order to qualify for a tax credit of up to $7,500, a new EV or eligible plug-in hybrid vehicle must meet certain rules. Now, mm. vehicles MSRP must not exceed certain amount uh, limits, for example, SUVs and Pickup trucks, uh, the threshold is $80,000. Sedan hats, uh, sedans, hatchbacks, and wagons, uh, the tax credit uh, cuts off at $55,000. Uh, in addition, this requirement may not apply to some leased vehicles. That was also a tactic that Hyundai and Kia were hoping to use trying to get uh, tax credits. Now, uh, that rule is, of course, that tactic is now moot because uh, it means that they're no longer eligible uh, for those tax credits. Also, a vehicle must be assembled in North America, including Canada and Mexico, to qualify for any tax credit. That basically puts the Hyundai Ioniq uh, 5 and the Kia EV6 out of the list. So basically popular EVs that are being sold in the US. And mm. um, also to qualify for a full tax credit, at least 50% of a vehicle's battery components must be produced or assembled in North Korea, uh, North, sorry, excuse me, North America mm. uh, as well. That's not the case. Uh, for Korean cars, unfortunately, because those batteries in those cars either are Korean made mm. or made in China. Neither of which do not fit these mm. IRA restrictions. It's not the end of it, but certainly it, it does deal a blow to Korean car makers. Mm. All right. Uh, there are a few social issues that plague South Korean society, and this is definitely one of them. On long working hours, the government has proposed some solutions, it seems. Our fourth keyword of the day. Labor reform. So amid the controversy over the government's labor reform plan, the labor minister has vowed to find ways to reduce working hours. It seems they want to survey a, a massive uh, sample of the population to see which is best fit. Yeah, so basically the stance coming out from the UN administration is, uh, okay, so we... Came we up with a plan, not everyone's happy with it. We hear you. We'll basically, we'll hear you <laughs> and we'll hear more of you and your opinions is basically what the stance <laughs> is. Uh, and this uh, uh, basically comes a bit concerns that kind of what's been touting as the uh, maximum 60-hour work week could be exploited by employers. Uh, Lee Jong-shik, the Labour Minister, pledged to make sure that actual working hours are actually reduced. But he noted that he wasn't sure whether the max hours uh, will be 60 hours a week or 48 hours a week or whatever number hours a week. Now, he also reiterated Yoon stars that working 60 hours or longer per week is unreasonable. Uh, he said a survey on 6,000 people uh, will be conducted to gather uh, opinions on the matter soon. He added that he'll try to gather the opinions and come up with a reform plan uh, by September in time for the regular session of the National Assembly so that lawmakers can deliberate on the matter in a mm. timely fashion. Mm. Um, but he did note while speaking that uh, the 52-hour work week under it, uh, the actual work hours is actually 40, mm. which allows 12 hours for basically for overtime. And he stressed that the reform plan basically wanted to guarantee those 40 hours and reduce 1,800 hours uh, over a space of a year. And yeah. he noted that's probably why talks of 69 hours a week uh, and controversy uh, uh, related to that uh, came from. Because, of course, if you want to reduce um, 1,800 hours a, a, in a whole span of a year, mm. then when you kind of categorize that or put that down or uh, break it down into a week, then, of course, you get all these fluctuating numbers mm. and inflated numbers as well. Mm. Of course, the plan is to have basically 
uh, you can work uh, more hours one week and then rest more hours in another week. It was basically the initial plan. They uh, so allow course, flexibility both from employer and employees uh, right. choosing, if you will. But it did always yeah. boil down to the question of how realistic is that once you apply it to maybe small and medium-sized businesses that cannot afford mm. to give that flexibility, right? Yeah, and there was also that concern that... Uh, yeah, again, that these employers could exploit that flexibility right, right, right. and not allow the free time that should be guaranteed to these workers, mm-hmm. uh, but instead kind of make them work longer than the 52-hour work week. So, mm. yeah, it's still uh, still a very controversial issue. A lot to be uh, gathered in terms of opinions, oh. and we'll have to see what they come up with. All right, let's move on to our final keyword of the day. Teachers cut. As the population of Korea declines and there are less students enrolling in school, the government is looking to reduce the number of teachers. As you can imagine, that probably doesn't make the Teachers Association happy. Um, And as for, well, the future of education, it raises a lot of red flags, doesn't it? It certainly does. Uh, basically, a related plan actually may come out uh, sometime this month, so over the next uh, couple of weeks. So we'll have to see exactly what the details are. And of course, as increased population uh, mm. has been forcing more and more schools to actually close down across the country. So there's just less demand for mm. teachers uh, and schools at that. So although the plan hasn't been announced yet, the measure... Uh, to scale back the number of teachers was actually spotted in the government's budget proposal. Uh, it set the budget for just over 342,000 public school teachers for fiscal year uh, 2023. The number of public school teachers is down by about 3,000 from the budget for fiscal year 2022. Now, if implemented, this will be the first time for the government to reduce the number of public school teachers. Uh, Also, vacancies and teaching jobs resulting from teachers retiring uh, will probably not be filled. Uh, News reports about the plan to cut down the number of public school teachers faced uh, opposition from teachers groups, as you would probably expect. Mm -hmm. Uh, The same opposition is likely to come uh, when the plan is announced Mm -hmm. as well. So we'll have to see what kind of alternative plans or uh, kind of compensation plans they come up with for Mm -hmm. teachers uh, being cut. So these are all pre-college, so they cover elementary, middle, high school, as well as other jobs uh, of faculty as well, including librarians, for example. Mm. So it's not just teachers, but all relevant associated jobs that you find mm. in these schools. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Have a good one, despite the gloomy conditions. We'll see you tomorrow. You too. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.